0: Hello, and welcome to Frank's World, the storytelling podcast about nature. The past two weeks, I've been on spring break, but I'm excited to be back now and on a more regular upload schedule again, hopefully. I really hope that you enjoy this episode. To be honest, there's not a lot of science in this one, but there is some fun drama, and we'll be back with some more science in the next episode. Thank you for listening. Before we start, here's a quick recap of the last episode. Frank was in a conundrum. After saving the world from catastrophe, he had a kiss with Lisa, and Agent Everett came back to ask him if he had feelings for her. He really didn't want to hurt either of their feelings, and he couldn't decide who he wanted to be with more. Lisa sent him a text about the kiss, in which he got too freaked out to respond to, and he left her on read. So she sent him a text a few hours later apologizing and saying that the kiss didn't mean anything anyways. How sad. Frank knew she was saying this just out of embarrassment and that he needed to make the choice. So he called up Steve to ask for advice and Steve told him the best advice a wise man can give to follow his heart. He needed to make his choice based on what he wanted and stop worrying so much about not hurting someone's feelings. So he went on a walk through the park to figure it out and in the end sent a text to Lisa saying that he did have feelings for her. Okay, let's get into the episode. Frank was a mess on this particular morning. He started brushing his hair, and then kept brushing his hair, and brushed his hair for another 20 minutes, just continuously. He also brushed his teeth around four times, and he scrambled all over the place trying to find something to wear. Why, you may ask? Well, in approximately 15 minutes, he had to pick up Lisa, for their date. Frank had never been on a first date before, or any date for that matter, and he was a ball of nerves. What if he embarrassed himself, and she realized she actually didn't like him? What if they only had this spark because they were still running on the adrenaline from saving the world, but now that everything had settled down, it's gone? What if he says the wrong thing? He just had this big feeling inside that it was all going to go completely, completely wrong, and his first attempt at a relationship was going to be a disaster. Now, of course, Frank and Lisa had spent so much time together through all the missions, including long plane rides, group hangouts, and working together on each project. If she didn't like him, she would probably know by now but he didn't approach this from a logical perspective. In his mind, this was a disaster in the making and he regretted ever deciding to do it in the first place. A few days back, when Lisa received his initial message, she hadn't even read it. She heard her phone buzz, but she was laying in bed, too hungover and sad to go over to check it. Even if it was Frank, she figured, it was probably just going to be him apologizing for the kiss and agreeing that it never should have happened. She was a fool for kissing him. Why would she kiss him? She kept beating herself up about it and felt an immense amount of shame. He probably only kissed her to make her feel less awkward. But now it was always going to be awkward. She had ruined everything. And now that the mission was over, they weren't going to be working together anymore. If he felt uncomfortable around her, he might never speak to her again. She kept burying her head in her pillow with each new wave of embarrassment. It was too late. The damage was done. It wasn't until the next day that she opened her phone. At first, she just saw a flood of texts from other of her friends, and she hadn't noticed the text he sent. But then her heart sank as she read his name there and opened it up. When she first read his message, in which he had said that he did in fact have feelings for her, the first emotion that overtook her body was anger. Why would he leave her hanging like that? She was tortured with embarrassment for the entire day, and she knew he had deliberately left her unread. But then came in the relief. It wasn't a disaster after all. He did like the kiss, and the next thing she did was laugh. She started laughing for a minute straight. She laughed at herself, who had moped around all day yesterday for nothing, and she laughed because this was so in character for Frank. So then she sent him a reply text back saying, LOL, Frank, why did you wait so long to tell me? A few seconds later, her phone buzzed again. I'm sorry, he said. I didn't know what to say. She rolled her eyes and chuckled. It's whatever, she said, even though it had caused her anguish for the entire day. A few minutes passed, and she got another text. Hey, do you want to go out sometime? It's okay if you don't, but I thought maybe we could do something nice. She smiled down at her phone. It was clear he was very nervous, but she found it sweet that he asked her. I'd love to, was her response. Okay, recently I discovered this gorgeous pond nearby, so maybe we could just stroll around there, if that sounds good to you. She continued to chuckle at his endearing awkwardness. That sounds lovely. So, how about tomorrow at six? We could try to catch the sunset. I can pick you up. I'm excited, she replied. So the rest of the day came and went, and before the both of them knew it, it was about time for the date. Lisa was excited. Frank was in a state of panic. He didn't trust himself to be able to handle it well. He knew that he was going to be an awkward mess, and so all he could feel was dread. But nonetheless, he still made sure he was on time and got in his car to go pick her up. On the way over, he took deep breaths and tried to calm himself down. He knew that if he went into this with this many nerves, it would only make it worse. After about a seven-minute drive, he arrived in front of her house. So he got up and went to ring her doorbell, taking one last deep breath before he pressed the button. A few seconds later, his heart was pounding as he heard the jiggle of the doorknob, and then out she came. She looked gorgeous, with a cute pink sundress, her hair half do- in a half-up, half-down look, and a big smile across her face. Part of him felt more at ease when he saw her. This was Lisa, his good friend. There was nothing to be worried about. And then, an o- and then another part of him felt even more nervous, because she looked beautiful, and he realized that he probably looked like a doofus. Then he realized that he had gone for a few seconds without saying anything, which was probably weird. Hey, Frank, she said to him. Hey, Lisa, he replied. He then, he then went into silence again. So, are you ready to go? Yep. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm excited to check out this pond. Suddenly, Frank felt embarrassed. The pond idea was probably stupid. What kind of person asked someone on a first date at a pond? She was probably just being nice about it. As they were walking to the car, she turned to him. Frank, you're being weirdly quiet. What's going on? He wanted to slap himself. I am? "'I mean, yeah, you're right. I am. I'm sorry. I guess I'm sort of nervous. Well, not nervous, but I guess just tired. I don't know. I'm sorry. I know I'm probably freaking you out.' She smiled with endearment and placed her hand on his shoulder. "'You have nothing to be nervous about. This is going to be fun.' "'I'm not nervous,' he said. She chuckled. "'Yeah, right.' They got into the car and he drove them over to the pond, which was also a a pretty short drive. There was a parking lot nearby that they stopped in, and he tried to stop his nerves, but every time he looked over at her, he was reminded of how perfect she was and how much she was embarrassing himself. He couldn't bear to tell her that this was his first date ever. Once they got out of the car, they started walking. When the pond came into view, Lisa gasped. "'This is really beautiful, Frank. How did I never know this was here?' "'It's crazy how we've traveled all over the world to take in these natural marvels, but don't even get to consider the nature that's right here, in our neighborhood. I mean, I just found out about that park, and it's incredible there. I go there all the time,' he replied. She chuckled and said, "'Yeah, we should do some more exploring together, just you and me.' He blushed and then felt embarrassed. "'Well, we could do that. We could also just explore on our own whenever we want.' She shot him a look. "'You don't want to go with me?' No, I do. I really do. I'm just saying that, you know, like, everyone should explore more of nature in general, no matter if they're with anyone or not. She said nothing and continued to glare at him. I'm sorry. I promised that I didn't mean that I don't want to go with you. I do. She gave him a little smile, although this time it was more meager. He was kicking himself inside his mind and considering how much of an idiot he was. "'So what have you been up to for the last few days?' she asked, trying to alleviate the awkward silence. Mostly just resting. I didn't realize how tired I was, I think. It feels like a weight off my shoulders, although I still need to work on it. I forget sometimes that it really is over. I sit there thinking about ideas for missions, and then remember that there are no more missions. We did it. "'I've been sort of feeling like that too,' she said." And the most weird part is that no one else has any idea of this crisis that has just been averted. They don't even know about their lives being saved and the hard work we put into saving them. They just keep on living their same lives, and I just have to act normal. They continue to walk through the pond. Most of the time when Frank tried to talk, he stumbled on his words or said something he regretted, so he figured he should just keep his mouth shut for most of the time and let her do the talking. She talked about her friends, her dogs, and the gorgeousness of the pond, and every time she looked over to him for a response, uh, he only responded with a yeah, a uh, mm-hmm, or even just a nod. As the sun was starting to set, she asked if they could go over to the small dock and put their feet in the water. He agreed, and he sat next to her, appreciating the beauty of the moment. "'Frank,' she said, turning to him, y- "'Yeah? Why are you being so quiet?' I haven't been quiet, have I? Well, I've been talking the whole time, and you haven't really been saying anything. You know, if you're having second thoughts about this, if you realize that you don't actually have feelings for me, I won't take it personally. I just want you to be honest with me. I don't want you to have to fake it. No, 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 that's not it. I'm not having second thoughts. It's okay. It really is. We can go on being friends. It doesn't have to be awkward. Lisa, that's not it. He took a deep sigh. I like you. A lot. I promise. You do? He nodded. I've been a mess today. I'm really sorry for making you uncomfortable, oh god, this is the last thing I wanted to happen. It's just, I've never done this before, and I've got no clue what I'm doing. And you just, you're great. You look so pretty, and you have so much energy when you speak, and you make me feel happy. And I can't figure out what it is you see in me, so I guess I'm scared that I'll say something dumb and you'll realize you don't like me and everything will be ruined. You you don't know what I see in you? In the great Frank Anderson? You're brilliant, this is a widely known fact. You're passionate, you're diligent, and you care about others in the world around you. You notice things that nobody else does, you have an immense drive for learning, and you try your best at everything you do. And you're a good person, genuinely. You reflect within yourself and try to make yourself better, which is something that not everybody does. I've seen you grow up so much in the time I've known you, but even when you do make mistakes or act infuriating, you always do it with a good heart. You just want to do what's best, and I think that the fact that you've been isolated from people your whole life makes you unique. You don't care about the superficial stuff, like social status or how others see you. You're genuine, and your heart is truly in everything you do. You're a great person to talk to when you do talk, and I will always listen to everything you say, not to mention that you're not bad-looking either. He gave her a big, dopey smile, and she put, his, and she put her hands onto his shoulders. How about this? Neither of, the, neither of us should worry so much about whether the other one actually likes them or not. We both like each other, and there's no point in getting all freaked out about it as long as we're both open with our feelings. Let's just like each other and be with each other and enjoy each other's presence. No need to be nervous. That sounds really great, he replied. As they were talking, the sun was setting more and more, and by now the sky was in beautiful shades of pink and orange. The air was warm and the water on their feet was cold. She leaned in and kissed him, and he never wanted the moment to end. It was perfect. Then she wrapped her arm around him and laid her head down on his shoulder. She had done this before, but it was different now, and so special. He laid his head on top of hers, and they stayed there for a long time, just taking in the sky as it gradually became dark. He could have fallen asleep there because he felt so at peace sitting with her, but he knew that if he slept, he would miss it. He just felt an overwhelming sense of comfort, and everything that was making him nervous before faded away. Two days later, he was sitting alone at home eating breakfast when he got an email from Agent Hayward. It read, Please come into the office today at noon for a final discussion about the me- about the mission." He was kind of relieved to hear this, even though he was tired and didn't really want to go in because he had been saddened before to think that everything was really all over. He was excited to see the group again and to have a conclusion to everything that happened, so he got himself ready and headed for the office. He ran into Lisa and Steve in the lobby of the building and they all went up the elevator. Lisa and Frank discreetly held hands behind Steve. Frank was very happy to see her again, and they shared little looks at each other. When the elevator opened up, they dropped each other's hands, and the three of them walked through the hallway to the conference room. When they opened the door, Frank could hardly believe it. There was Agent Hayward, and standing next to him was no other than Agent Everett. His heart sank into his chest. Steve gasped, and Lisa screeched, and they both ran over to her to tell her how nice it was to see her again. Frank stood in the corner of the room, unable to move. They made eye contact several times while she talked to the others, and his head was filled with every worst-case scenario. "'Hello, Agent Everett. It's nice to see you again,' he finally said, so that it didn't appear strange. "'You too, Frank,' she replied enthusiastically. "'Okay, everyone. Let's all sit down,' said Agent Hayward. "'Now.'" Agent Everett and I have been your leaders throughout this mission, and we figured we should have one final meeting where we should discuss the mission and go over everything we learned. How does that sound? Good, everyone replied. So, let's review, he said. Then Agent Everett started. We started off this project frankly not knowing what we were doing. We had gotten this mysterious letter from Mother Nature, and never have we handled a case like this. It was certainly a bizarre one. Lisa and Steve worked together in in other uh, governmental departments, and I had heard from referrals that they would be the best for the job. They were smart, hardworking, and cared about other people. I then had found Frank snooping around the FBI office, probably attempting to do some highly illegal activity. But at the time, it didn't matter. I was a fan of his work and knew he was going to make the perfect fit for the team, so I hired him. Then you guys all then you guys all split up and tried to gather intel on Mother Nature. We didn't know anything and had no idea how to confront this issue. It seemed hopeless sometimes, like we were shouting things at the moon and communicating with different forces of nature to no avail. But finally, things started looking up. She started sending us letters, so we knew we were on the right track, and we worked tirelessly to go on the missions that took us all around the world. It was hard work. Then, at the end of it, we talked to her, and she told us that it still wasn't good enough was crushing and defeating, but instead of giving up, you guys pushed forward. I quit the team due to personal reasons, and you guys came together as a team more than ever to make positive impacts on the world. Even when you had less than exceptional leaders, or even no leaders at all, you stuck it out and did the hard work, and then you were able to effectively convince her to save mankind. I am so proud of you guys, and I wish I could have been there with, with you throughout it all. But luckily, you had Agent Hayward come in, and you can't get much better than that. And you guys did not like me, noted Agent Hayward. To be fair, I didn't like you either. I had never been challenged before in the way that you guys challenged me. I think I scared everyone I've worked with, and they just all do what I tell them to do. But you, especially you, Frank, wouldn't stand for that. And it was so annoying. But in the end, you were right, and I'm grateful that you put me in my place. I guess I sort of had it coming." Everyone laughed. They went on, each of them talking about the mission. Lisa said her favorite trip was to Cano Cristales in Colombia, and Steve's was to the Plitvice lakes in Croatia. Frank didn't share. They talked about their challenges, their victories, and the various ways the team bonded. At the end, they shared the lessons they learned. Everyone agreed that the biggest lesson they learned was to never give up, even when something seems quite literally impossible. They also all learned to appreciate the nature around them and to never stop advocating for a healthy environment. After all of this was over, people hugged and started heading out. This of course was not going to be the last time they were going to see each other, but none of them knew when the next time would be. Except for Lisa and Frank. But throughout the whole meeting, he didn't make eye contact with her. Not once. He didn't want Agent Everett to somehow figure it out. If she was going to know, it would be because he told her. As people started leaving, Frank heard the words that he was dreading. It was Agent Everett saying, Frank, can I talk to you for a moment? This can't be happening, he thought. He still was gonna think of how he would tell Agent Everett. He wasn't ready to do it today, but he had to. She deserved to know. So she, So he turned around, smiled and said, sure. And they walked in silence to her, to her old office and she shut the door behind him. Then she looked at him with bright eyes. No pressure, Frank, but I was wondering if you made up your mind yet. Although he obviously knew exactly what she was talking about, he replied, made up my mind about what? You know, if you have feelings for me or not. Oh, yeah, he said, and she stared at him, anticipating an answer. After a few seconds, she said, I guess that's a no. No, wait, he said, I'm still thinking about it. I do like you, and I just need to figure out if this will be best." She smiled at him. So, it's a maybe. Yeah, it's a maybe. He immediately knew he made a bad mistake. He could see the hope fill in her eyes and watched her thinking about how she still had a chance. But instead of correcting this error, he simply said, I've gotta run, but I'll tell you when I decide. Okay, she replied, and he left. Once he was in his car, he put his face in his hands. He felt horrible about what he had just done, and he and he had known it was wrong while he was doing it, yet he did it anyways. He was betraying Lisa by telling another woman she had a chance with him, and he was betraying Agent Everett by lying to her face and giving her false hope. He felt like an awful human being, and he couldn't figure out what possessed him to lie. He should have just told her that he didn't have feelings for her. He didn't even have to mention that he was seeing Lisa- He dug himself into this grave, and he didn't know how he was going to get out of it. He drove home with thoughts swirling around his head. This can only end badly, he thought. When he got home, he decided to put on a nature documentary to distract himself, and just as he was going to change the channel, he noticed something odd in the news. It looked as if a big natural disaster had just taken place on the other side of the country. He He didn't look too much into it, though, and just decided to wind down with some ice cream and his documentary. That's the end of the episode. Thank you for watching, and we hope to see you next time.